Hi, this is Tyler Schnudy, and you're listening to On Your Way Out, a podcast of Providence Church. On this platform, we're having conversations with members of our community and beyond about making more and better disciples of Jesus and what it means for us as we leave the walls of the church building and enter the world. So welcome into the Provcast. Well, welcome to the podcast, everybody. So excited to have you back with us this week. And we have a really special guest and a special episode for you this week. Um, Some of you maybe have met Jose, but he was here about a month ago, right, for Toby's installation. And that was the first time I met Jose. I guess he's a friend of Toby, right? You guys have known each other for a little bit. Yeah. all I can say is that I just <laughs> met him. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I I met you uh, like for just like you know a minute before the service, and then you yeah. prayed over Toby, which yeah. was probably one of the more powerful moments that I've had um, in in worship in in recent memory. I just I just was just blown away by I think just the evidence of your heart and the movement of what God is was stirring in you, and just seeing that outpouring of that prayer. I was just really moved by it, and I was like, I want to get to know Jose better, and mm. so I'm excited to do that. That's good. Um, so, Toby, you can help me out in how we will kind of want to set this up, but we celebrated Pentecost, obviously, this past Sunday, um, and just really celebrated, obviously, the, the Holy Spirit and the coming down of the Spirit at Pentecost, and also thinking about repentance, right, and um, the importance of that, and maybe the the ways that we've not done that so much. Um, and I guess just a little bit that I know of Jose's story, we basically just really wanted to hear just your personal testimony. Um, okay. Because I think you have a different perspective and a little bit of a different um, testimony that we are used to in this culture mm-hmm. that will be helpful for us. As we think about the Holy Spirit, um, we can... The Holy Spirit, is I always think about it, sometimes is like the weird uncle. Like we know the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit's kind of this <laughs> little bit weirder. Yeah. It's kind of hard to define it, right? And it... I think the Holy Spirit works in so many unique ways. And so to hear your testimony, I think is going to be helpful for our body just to hear a little bit of a different flavor of that, if that makes sense. Sure, that makes sense. Cool. So, do you want me to start now? or Yeah. I... Well, why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourself, um, for those that don't know you, which will probably be most of us, um, kind of how you grew up and how you came to know Jesus. Um, and that's part of your story. Well, I am, as you mentioned, I am from Venezuela, so right. I speak better Spanish than English. Mm-hmm. I hope you can understand my English oh, yeah. from this in this it's way. Uh, but I grew up in a very dysfunctional family. Mm-hmm. Uh, my father used to practice a witchcraft. Mm-hmm. So that means I've, uh, I've been surrounded by a lot of different spirits. Like uh, I knew that the bad things. I knew how to see that. Mm-hmm. We, we grew up like that. Mm-hmm. Always with fear. It was something weird. We were like a really bad environment. So mm-hmm. at about, you know, young guy, I, I fell in love with the sports and basketball and volleyball and ping pong and mm-hmm. all of that. But I still was fighting a lot in the mm-hmm. street. And, you know, I went to jail for a couple of weeks because fighting. And But one day, this is the day that something happened. One day, Somebody, one, my friend, invited me to go to a prayer in the charismatic Catholic church. Mm-hmm. Charismatic so, Catholic. Charismatic Catholic. <laughs> so that's kind of a little bit uh, different. So I went, and uh, they prayed for me. When they prayed for me, I felt for my first time in my life the presence of God. Mm-hmm. I felt like a ball of fire going through my legs and the stop in my stomach, mm-hmm. 
And right there, I began to cry for about 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. I knew something was happening. I was crying like a little baby, like, a, you know, like a crying and crying. And my girlfriend was right by me. I said, what's going on with you? I said, I said leave me alone. I was crying. <laughs> <laughs> leave me alone. Uh -huh. And then I, I realized something happened. After that, I opened my eyes. I said, the peace of Christ was so the conviction. It's like a, something happened to my conscience. Mm -hmm. I felt cleansed. I said, what is happened? I didn't know what happened. How old were you here? About 16 and a half. Okay. Mm. Wow. So encounter that's totally different for me. So that was my first encounter with 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 mm. God, I would say that. Mm -hmm. And then my encounter with the Holy Spirit, that's something that I want to talk a little yeah. bit because that was a little bit similar. Yeah. I was about 17. And then at that time, I was so bored. I didn't know what to do, no sport, something. I didn't know body. And somebody said, why don't you go to that prayer room? I said, what? Why don't you go to that prayer room? I went to the prayer room, and they started telling to God, God, I am so bored. I don't know what to do. And they told me to come here, so I am here. Mm -hmm. uh, so I started worshiping and telling, singing songs with my bad voice. And <laughs> he, I don't know. But then in the like maybe five minutes, I began to cry again. And I love that because it brought memories of my first crying. And so I started crying and worshiping and crying, worshiping. And suddenly again, I felt the same fire, mm -hmm. the same ball of fire going through my legs and the stop in my stomach. And right there, I was on my knees. I didn't know what to do. So, but suddenly I started crying more. And then I started, the, that feeling of fire was going through my, my, my this part of my body, in right here, my, my chest. And then I began to speaking in tongues. Mm -hmm. And then when that happened, I did like I put my, my hands in my mouth. What was happening? Nobody told me about this. <laughs> I was, what's going on? I think it's scared. So you didn't I, even try? Like it no, I didn't, I didn't try. I was like, what's happening to me? And so I thought, okay, I stopped, get out. And I, I found the leader. Say, something happened to me over there. I thought it was something bad. Yeah. And she said, no, I think you are having an encounter with the Holy Spirit in a mm -hmm. different way. Please go back. So I went back. Okay, so I started praying more, and then it started happening again. And so at this time, I started letting it happen mm -hmm. again. Since that moment, it was about 20, 30 minutes praying like that. And I felt like I was walking on clouds. Clowns. You know, clowns. Mm -hmm. cl clouds. Not I was clowns. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you were, not clowns. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, a, wow, I feel so peaceful. Or I don't know, I was different man that day. Mm. So that was wow. my, my beginning, my encounter yeah. with the Holy Spirit. I knew it was the Holy Spirit. Because that happened to me. That was my first encounter with the Holy Spirit. And that was even before you would you had become a Christian and given your life to Christ. Exactly. Because mm. they, uh, it's like some people had like a, this day I gave my heart to Jesus right. or something. No, for me it wasn't like that. It mm. was a, like a ex different experience, like a different times, mm -hmm. different encounters with him right. in, in a way that was meaningful for me because it was more about a relationship with him. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't, yeah. I don't know how to explain it's that. It's not religious in its like structure. It was just a personal experience. Exactly. It was just like that. I was talking to him. So I began to learn how to call him, even call him father. Mm -hmm. It was so hard for me 
because the way I grew up, mm. I didn't have a father. So I was like a getting into that relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Even with that story, right? There, there's so many things that we can talk about and, and just express. I would love for you just to spend a few minutes helping us understand, because growing up here in West Michigan, your experience is so different right. from our experience. Even you growing up, your first phrase was, my dad was into witchcraft. Yeah, We don't you have don't a have concept it. of yeah. that. We don't think of such things. We don't think of the spiritual world like that. Can you just speak a little bit about what the spiritual kind of environment was in Venezuela? What it is like here? Maybe there's some shifting in our spiritual environment that's happening in our culture right now. Mm. Maybe give us some eyes to see. Do you see what I'm asking? Here? Yeah, I, I think uh, in the in the culture in Venezuela is uh, it's more at the, uh, uh, there is a word for that. Um, uh, I forgot the name. In, in, uh, it's a, I forgot the, the word for that. Maybe you you gotta cut that. But I, what I'm trying to say is uh, I'm a, no, I'm a, uh, animista, animista, mm. animist. An animist. Animist. The, animistic. The, the animistic. There's the, the, a culture of that. They're so we're all sensitive to the spirit right. world, very sensitive to that. So with that concept, it's totally different around here. Here is yeah. totally more intellectual, more logic, Correct. more things like that. Uh, the other day, as this encounter, I want to share this a side note. Mm. I have encountered with this friend in Haiti. That right here in Holland, we're talking about how I grew up, how he encountered this animistic world, uh, world when he was in in Haiti, because they were Christian school, so they brought about maybe 25, 30 students in the classroom, and one of the girls there started having manifestation, like a demonic manifestations, and that the teachers knew what to do, but not the teacher didn't call nobody, just. The students start praying, and one lady start leading and, and rebuking the name of the demonic power mm -hmm. in that lady, and the lady was free. Mm -hmm. I was like, a, that is animistic environment because yeah. they are so sensitive to right, that. Right. And they know the Holy Spirit is more powerful than any other spirit. Mm -hmm. So that's the culture over yeah. there. Here is a little bit right. different. And I, I we've know. talked about that, um, or I've talked about that with my friends Austin and Tate Bonimo because they do a lot of work in Zambia where there's also a lot of witchcraft and um, a much more hyper awareness of the spiritual reality that's happening. Why do you think that the cultural difference between like Venezuela and West Michigan seems to an, uh, impact like our how we engage with the Holy Spirit? Because... You know, God is the same. It's the same Holy Spirit that exists here as it does in Venezuela. But somehow the way our cultures work, we seem to interact in different ways, even though God is the same. Why do you feel like that is? Well, I've, I've been living in America for about 22 years now. I am finding out more and more, it's more about mental strongholds. Hmm. Mental is uh, the mind. In, in the mind of the people, there's a stronghold too but it's inside the culture so deep mm -hmm. that it's more about, you know, this logic thinking, this way how we plan things. It's like a time-oriented, no event-oriented. Mm -hmm. All mm -hmm. is so different. So that's coming, all the things are coming with that. So because of that, when they approach God in a way, they approach about, okay, does this make logic? So, you know, it's all about, it. does this make logic is like a faith 
and logic has a like a like a uh, opposite like a shock no how you say opposing like opposing forces yeah opposing forces like yeah. that it's like a, a so it's like so there gotta be a, some sort of surrender mm-hmm. to the mind to the to the American people to understand that it gotta be some surrender the other day uh, well not other day but a few years ago we have a, this retreat with uh, our pastors RCA CRC pastor coming together to invite the Holy Spirit I don't know you were in that meeting yep. And that one of the pastors I remember said, "Why we don't let the Holy Spirit move more in our services?" And that, and he said, "Because of our pride, mm. we mm. want to have control mm. of the service. We want." And now everybody was like a quiet. And the guy that say that was a leader in the denomination. I was like a wow recognition mm. that that's humility. Yeah. To get us to that point is going to get be on the like a humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God to say, mm-hmm. wow, I want to learn from you. Because in this area, you hear about a lot about God, about, about Jesus, but you hear a lot about the Holy Spirit. It's like, yeah. a, why not? This is the person. It's, a, it's the one that is right here with us. Jesus is not here with us in the sense of, you know, that his ministry right. is, is stopped and went to heaven. It's the right hand of God right there interceding for us and what we have here on earth. The gift of the Holy Spirit. The gift of the Holy Spirit. So if we don't build this relationship with the Holy Spirit, we're missing something in our culture. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. And I think along with pride, I wonder if we have like a fear of what would happen when we do surrender. Because it's like we have, like you said, we now don't have control over what it is that we're doing as this body. If we're really surrendering like our plans and our ideas to the work of the Holy Spirit. It's like maybe we're afraid of what that would be, you know, because we're so used to things being a certain way that we're like, I don't know if we want to enter into that territory. You I, know? I believe with, I, I am with you that I think there is some sort of a, 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 being afraid. I don't, mm-hmm. I, it's like a, I don't know, are we right. changing denominations? Are we behaving of this way or no? <laughs> when, when I was invited to the denomination, the guy that invited me to the denomination said, hey, I am sorry, I am different. I like to pray. I pray for healing. I like believe in healing, and I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. And I and the, and the guy was laughing, and he said, "Jose, we believe the same, <laughs> but we just we don't know how to practice that." Yep. Right. So can you please help, you know, help us in that? So that was his invitation mm-hmm. for me to be part of the nomination. So I pray a lot. I say yes, let's do this. So <laughs> to come here and express express my heart about how to be open to the Holy Spirit, it is important. And the key things is humble yourself, Mm. humble your mentality, humble the way you think. It's like, okay, how can I bring that to the feet of Jesus? All that I learned. So that will be the beginning of that. I think the... And that way you can let the Holy Spirit bring conviction in the heart, and then you start depending on the Holy Spirit. So let me ask this question, because we can say, humble yourself, and and we're familiar with that Christian word, right? How do you do that? How have you learned how to do that in very practical ways? Well, the first thing that I do every morning, which is very difficult for me to do, and uh, I can see it's very difficult for my son, Andres, to is 
to spend time in a natural way with God. It's like a naturally my mind want to know him, but that wasn't that easy from the beginning. Mm-hmm. So it's not natural. Your, your body, your flesh doesn't want to spend time with God. It's like a, I by my son, hey, I, we're ready to pray. And they say, uh, we just we prayed yesterday. Why are we going to pray again We prayed yesterday. We, why are we praying today again? Yeah. <laughs> so re- real questions say, hey, we, we depend on God every day is different. So how do you know you really want to grow and, and, and in this relationship with God first? You know who you are in Christ. You know you are a child of God. That's the first mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. So I am a child of God, and I should spend time with my Father, God. Yeah. So that's the first thing. The second thing is good for me is I crucify my flesh every day. I want to explain that. When I mean crucify, means that my, my attitudes, uh, my flesh, my emotions, my in the morning doesn't want to pray. They don't want to. So it's like I have... I need to take responsibility of that and say, uh-uh, I take that uh, thought, count it to the, to the feet of Jesus right now in the name mm-hmm. of Jesus. It's like a praying right there. Mm-hmm. So those two right there coming together because that's the only way that you can know who is a mature Christian, know who is in Christ and crucify his flesh every day. So, so mm-hmm. you mentioned knowing your identity in Christ. Yeah. And when you and I, really got to know each other. It was years ago. We were rooming together in a conference, and we just started kind of talking back and forth, and we talked about that very thing, about freedom in Christ, about knowing your identity in Christ, uh, Neil Anderson's work. And you're like, you know that too? (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't believe it that you were connected with that. (laughs) And and you and I just like, we're strangers and we embraced, and and we've been great friends ever since. But, But you've had some tools, some teaching, some training about truly understanding who you are as a child of God. Mm. Can you speak to that a little bit? Well, uh, one of the things is uh, when you discover uh, who you are in Christ, it's it got to be a process to, to learning. First, you got to be accountable to somebody. That's something that we have learned together. Being a child of God, you got to discover uh, in the scripture what the Bible is saying about you. Basically, that is the point. Discovering that is all in the Bible. It's all right there. But got to be intentionally, you know, a intentionality, how to mm-hmm. want to discover who you are. So you start reading that. So you, who you are, a child of God. You say, I am ambassador of the Almighty in earth, on earth. It's like a, this is so powerful. Then, but because we bring stuff from the past, we gotta figure out to clean those things. So we gotta find somebody, maybe to pray with somebody, start confessing something. There's seven steps to do that, seven areas in our life that we can break free, just confessing our sins, letting the Holy Spirit bring conviction in our minds and our hearts in order that we can walk in freedom mm-hmm. according to the Bible. Awesome. So I just wanna give testimony too. You know, Jose's not just saying it, but Again, I don't know how many years we've walked with each other, yeah. but you know a lot of my ugliness, yeah. and a lot of and my you know my, a lot of my <laughs> ugliness too. So. I think you have more. We need each other. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah. But 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 I think we forget that. Yeah. I think we we've programmed that we. I go to church. I believe 
I'm good. Mm-hmm. But but we need the brotherhood, the sisterhood mm-hmm. of walking in vulnerable yes. and intimacy. And and I blew it here, and I need prayer, and, and I'm mm-hmm. struggling in this area, and I can't do this by myself. I need to confess it because there's something happens when we confess it, yeah. and you don't attack me, and you're not all oh, you're terrible, but you you show love yeah. and acceptance, and and I'm I'm in this battle with you. And I think that's been so lost mm-hmm. in our culture mm-hmm. that the more that you grow in your identity in Christ, the more that you allow the Holy Spirit to live and fill you, the more that I, I can't do life without that type of relationship. Mm-hmm. And we've had that together. Oh, yeah. I, you know, this Sunday I will be preaching in, in Getty in Spanish. And um, the message that God gave me was the power of presence. So... Ah, man, it's just because the, the importance of being present with somebody mm-hmm. is important too because we are all learning how to be separate from each other, learning how to manage technology, Zoom meetings, all this stuff happening. So, but the power of presence, I will be using a, a guy in one of my heroes in the Bible called Obed Edom. I don't know if you know about that guy, but that guy really impressed me. His uh, desire to be closer to the covenant of God, all the way to the third generation of his family, and that he wasn't a believer. So I will be speaking about that, but what I'm saying is the power of presence, you know, meaning that, yes, we will be closer to God, but we need to have this desire mm-hmm. to be closer to each other. Mm-hmm. That's so, so cool. Mm. Um, I'm curious to know, so you were born in Venezuela. That's where you had kind of these first encounters with the Holy Spirit and with God. Mm-hmm. And um, you found yourself in Tennessee at one point. Yeah. How, well, how did your story take you there? Well, uh, I met my wife that she is from a little town called Hudsonville here in, mm-hmm. in this area. Mm-hmm. And that she was a nurse in Nashville, Tennessee. Okay. So, but there, over there, I started working with a guy named Billy Graham. <laughs> That a, uh, Billy, Graham? Billy Graham? Billy Graham. Billy Graham. I know of him. Billy Graham, you know about him. So I was uh, working with him for about two years because I was the leader for the Hispanic counselors in the area. So we trained about 276 counselors because every crusade was over 70,000 people in, in that place. So I had the opportunity to be close to the guy because he was preaching right over wow. me because we were the, the biggest group, the Hispanics. And I was, as a coordinator, for I was watching the guy, like, you know, so good to be, you know, simple, but close to the heart. It was directly to the heart. Mm-hmm. It was so good. So I learned mm-hmm. a lot from that guy. Mm-hmm. But my point is there, after that, we planted a church. Yeah. <laughs> and then the Holy Spirit spoke to us to plant a church. Oh, there's so much about that because yeah. praying. I hear about it. Uh, we are praying. It was like a we were praying and 60 people received Jesus growing and uh, we were like at 80 people. So we need to find a place where to put these people in my house. Yeah. It's not possible. Yeah. My wife said, you cannot have over 30 people <laughs> in your apartment. <laughs> yeah. We were like, yeah. a, what? So we were praying. So we started praying for a building. Yeah. Then a friend of mine called David Mullen. Um 
his uh, uh, wife, uh, Nicole Mulling, she was a, she's a singer. Oh, Nicole Mullins? Nicole Mullins, yeah. yeah. So oh, yeah, I know her. They, they were our supporters to our church planted over there, and they said, say, I found the building downtown Franklin. So, uh, but it, uh, you want, we would like to support you to get a building, but let's pray about it. So we were praying for that. And uh, I went to the place, and uh, when the guy told us, it cost $600,000. So I was like, no way. We don't have the finances. So, But we feel peace about praying for that. Mm-hmm. Think about that. That is for a true planter. We had, we had in our account maybe about $5,500. So we say, okay, if we are going to really want this. So I start praying. There you go. That's the key things. Holy Spirit lead you to do things. Mm-hmm. And the first thing that he was leading us to do was praying for it. This is from God. Mm-hmm. We felt peace. This is from God. Mm-hmm. So, okay, but we don't have finances. How is it going to happen? So we say, okay, let's pray and let's be aggressive in this. So I offered $400,000 that we don't have. So say $400,000. <laughs> so I put $5,000. And, uh, and they came back. When they came back for $435,000, we were like, a, wow, they cut all that. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's pretty good. Oh, that's a very good cut. <laughs> and they were like, a, then, then we started praying. They, they knew were Hispanic trying to buy a building in downtown. Mm-hmm. Uh, Franklin, there's uh, a lot of racial issues down mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. So, and then I started praying and, uh, and people say, Jose, I think they don't want to sell the building to you. Why? Because you are Hispanic. The real estate agent told us that because you are Hispanic, wow. you should not buy the building. And um, because there is a law that the, that building is only how the, the people that buy the building have two qualities. First, uh, for the benefit of white people, that's the, in the really? document, or written document, for the benefit of white people. A second, that believe in grace, you know, salvation, justification, sure. meaning a church. Right. So I thought, okay, that means that. We, but she said, but don't worry, the law is going to protect you because that changed a long time ago. We're going to just go to court and change that. Mm-hmm. But if you find $20,000, you can secure the building because you really want to you know, buy the building. Do you want me to keep, keep going with the story? Yeah, sure. Said, no. now, now you have <laughs> so to finish it. <laughs> so with that, I was like, okay. So I called the team to pray and they say, hey, guys, if we feel peace, let's ask God if this is from him. If this is from him, he will help us financially because he wants us to be here, definitely. So then we pray. So when we pray for, uh, for say, let's pray for $20,000, and we did pray for that. Two weeks later, uh, somebody called me and said, uh, I was driving the highway in at the 65, um, and you know the area, 65. So we were uh, the driving. I was driving, and the, somebody called me in English. This, uh, my English was worse in those mm-hmm. days. So he said, Jose, uh, we're calling for this foundation, and uh, we would like to give you a donation to your ministry. And I said, really? Oh, sounds great. You know, you think about, okay, maybe $1,000, mm-hmm. maybe $2,000. Who knows how much? Mm-hmm. And they say, sure. Uh, do you want me to go over there? Sure, please. Can you please stop by the office? I said, sure. And so I said, Excuse me, do you mind telling me how much is the, the amount of it? And I said, oh, it, it is $20,000. Mm-hmm. 
I wow. almost had an accident. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, whoa, my, my, the truck was moving around. So, okay, I went directly to there and that one person that in the team, there is always somebody, in any team, is always somebody that doesn't believe in these things. And it was a lady. And that lady, Jose, how are we are going to pray for $20,000? We just need to, and I say, let's trust and believe. Mm-hmm. And then when in the meeting, the team meeting, I called her, hey, um, we, didn't, we didn't receive a lot of offering this week. And then we just got one offering. And uh, so I passed the envelope to her. Would you please open it? She was obviously. $20,000 when she opened it, the, the, and she began to cry. Mm-hmm. And then the presence of God in the team said, wow, God wants to bless us. Mm-hmm. Yes. Then I told them, hey, guys, if God gave us $20,000, how about if we ask him $100,000? And everybody was saying, no, 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 come on, man, don't, don't go. Be don't, reasonable. Uh, stop it, stop it. No, we, so, and then we pray for $100,000. And then two weeks later, I don't know why, as I, I want to make this long story short. Uh, we have a dinner, you know, a lot happened in that dinner. And I was cleaning houses in that time and pl- planting a children, cleaning houses. And um, one, the one of those uh, people that were in the meeting called me and said, uh, Jose, call you for two things. One is for a, a job for your wife, and the other thing is about how much money that you need. And I said, well, now we need $400,000. And uh, he said, uh, well, my wife and I, we prayed a lot, but we cannot support you with $400,000. We pray and we feel like we believe in you, what you're doing, and the only that we can support is $100,000. <laughs> Oh my I was like, a, I, I grabbed the phone and give that to my wife. Say, I, I, sorry, I say, no entiendo. I don't understand. I don't understand what he's saying. And the Jose, $100,000, Jose. I was like, a, so I was worshiping in the living mm-hmm. room. Mm-hmm. And it's a long story, but then uh, somebody sold a, um, uh, somebody told me, you cannot keep planting churches until you pay the debt of the building. I was so worried about this. I had this dream saying, God told me, and said, don't worry, my son. Mm-hmm. It was in English, by the way. Don't worry, my son. I will provide for you everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Two weeks, I mean, no, no, two, three days after that, I will say that. A guy came to my door, knocking the door like a, you know, like a knocking the door, say, Jose, uh, I am going to California for a trip. I cannot go. I, I need to give you something. So come on, come on in. So pull out the white envelope again. I don't know what I think with this white envelope. <laughs> pull a white envelope, and that envelope said when I, when I say I was, you know, I was kind of shy. I keep it right there with mm-hmm. me. Say, I say, open it. So when I open it, it was a hundred, one hundred, one hundred and eighty-five thousand dollars check. So what is this? Well, we were praying, my wife and I, and we saw those Rolls Royce. That I, yeah. And uh, it and uh, we you know we didn't, we didn't know what to do with the with the money, and uh, we were praying, and the Lord brought us your name, 
Jose Duran. Bring the check to Jose Duran. Mm -hmm. When he said that, I was joking with him. He said, oh, that means I can't buy my Jeep Wrangler now. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's for me. <laughs> it was funny. He was uh, no, you, you have something to do with this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I knew it was for the building, but I was just right. joking with him. Right. So that moment, <laughs> that moment was kind of funny for me. But then it was another 23,000 check. It's like a God listening to a bunch of people praying mm -hmm. for the need of that moment yeah. for us. And that the Holy Spirit was so breaking our heart, the team. They, right now, those leaders are planting churches mm -hmm. because they knew we encountered a mighty God. Mm. So that's mm. not in the, you know, that you, you got to experiment yeah. that. You, you know, experience yeah. that. You, yeah. you need to, to, to have that. So mm. Amazing. <laughs> I feel like that um, that's so cool that I think that really deepens sort of the way that you trust in the providence of God when you see that kind of thing happening and it's sort of like in like in the way that you are praying for this to happen you have other people that are praying and God is sort of speaking to them like through your prayers and there's just sort of this connection and community that you have through the Holy Spirit where he is leading other people in this way and leading you in this way and he's you're part of this thing that's so much bigger than yourself and that to me is so cool it, it I can imagine like from that point on it's like we are living in like the providence of God like this whatever this church is these church plants like we are living in the will of God. Like this is so clearly what God is doing and we're just getting to be a part of it. And it's so much different than like us as like human trying to do human effort and trying to create something. It's like, no, this is just God's doing, you know? Yeah, it is. It is interesting uh, here in, in this uh, context and in, in, in this, I would say Dutch community, again, they don't plan anything if they don't have the finances. Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. Well, we cannot budget that because we don't have the finance. We cannot get there. It's different. You mm -hmm. see that? Mm -hmm. But I understood from the beginning, I understood that money follow vision. No That's vision follow around. money. See that? It's not that it's not like that. It's we follow God and God gives us the vision and God will provide for the finances. I remember one pastor in this area that I was doing my first outreach in this area. And I uh, say, hey, we got to do this. I would like to do basketball things. I would like to do outreaches. I say, mm -hmm. but hey, you want to do all this, but what is the finance for that? So my answer to the pastor, to the pastor was, God will provide those things. Mm -hmm. And then we went to a meeting around this area. That's why we found the, the building in South Shore Youth Impact. And, you know, that was a Montello Park Church. And they have that, all of those things in the back. They have a, all the basketball. They have the basketball mm -hmm. court, everything. And the pastor was right there, and he put the face down, and he said, definitely God provide for the mm -hmm. needs that you yes. want to do. So, so speak to that a minute, too, because like your story of, of being able to have this building for your new church plan, I mean, and how God provided, it's just crazy, right? But it was all based on prayer. Yeah. I can imagine some people maybe listening today saying, I've been praying for things, and it it hasn't come to be. Uh, can you speak into that a little bit, um, where people might get stuck up or stuck in that spot? Like, I, I prayed and it didn't happen, so forget praying. I'm not going to do this anymore. Speak into maybe that heart that's struggling with that deep relationship. Well, I would say that 
not always that I pray I get the answers to. So I feel like uh, God answered this prayer because it was according to His will. Mm-hmm. So that's important to know because There's you need to know you need to know His will for you because I've been praying all my life for a. Uh, Jeep Wrangler because I always wanted a Jeep Wrangler. It didn't happen because why didn't happen? Because I always gave my money away to other needs. My conviction was so deep in that. So, uh, you see, you you Mm got to know that you can pray for nice cars according to his perfect will. So, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You got to get to a point that you said, okay, God, I am going to trust in you no matter what. Mm Is I ain't going to trust in you because you are my father. I ain't going to trust in you that you're going to heal me. Because some people, you know, say, I, what happened if I don't see the, the, the healing in my body? And the, But the Bible says just pray for that and trust. It's like a, he say pray and trust, and God will do the rest. Mm-hmm. We don't need to worry. He doesn't say pray, worry. <laughs> he doesn't say that. He say Pray and trust, mm-hmm. but we pray and we worry. I, are you mm-hmm. going to listen to me, Father? Or maybe not. Why not? Why you are? Come on. Which is valley conversation mm-hmm. with God. God is not going to be mad. He just wants to build that relationship with you. Maybe He say no now, or maybe He say no yet. Maybe it's another time. Mm-hmm. So you see, it's, it has timing for that. Yeah. So. Yeah. And we don't have that perspective here on earth of that timing, do we? We never know. <laughs> yeah, we, we want to. And that's like part of, I think, like you said, we, we have a sometimes a problem with control that we we see from our vantage point. Like, this is how I feel like this should be happening in my life, like this timeline of things. And we pray for things to happen. And part of the surrendering is surrendering our concept of what we feel like is God's will because we have our own idea of what that is but sometimes it's just so completely different and we see things that happen maybe as um, you know not the way that we would have planned them and we feel like that's a problem but then it turns out that God has something crazy different and so much better but Mm -hmm. in order to get there for us we have to surrender our own plans and I think that's challenging that's a hard thing to do yeah and remember that it's we, when we know God, one of the things is God wants to, to save people. God wants to disciple people. See, when you, that's God's will. Mm-hmm. So when you pray according to that in a city, uh, you are going to move his heart. Mm-hmm. And he's going to find ways how to do things like that. Mm-hmm. So see, you're praying more not for yourself. You're praying for his kingdom. Mm-hmm. You see, it's completely different. Yeah. So that is important to understand. That's why it's, it's key to know his will for your life and the calling for your life. Because he called you to do something, I am sure he will provide that mm-hmm. for you. Yeah, and I think I was reminded in the beginning of that story of that building, um, you said that you felt through prayer that, that God was leading you to that place, and then you started praying for exactly. it. Exactly. Right? It, didn't, it wasn't like you were driving down the road and saw a really nice building. Like, that'd be really cool. Let's pray for that. You felt it immediately, like yeah. that this was of the Holy Spirit and not of yourself, and then you started praying for it, and then God answered your prayer. So. Yeah, and, and the people around you, they will see the calling because the fact that David Mulling called me to tell me, Jose, I saw a building... And I was praying, I couldn't think to nobody else but you. I think that's something that you will be good for. I thought, what this guy thinking about me, <laughs> who is famous, 
writer, producer, Jackie Velasquez, all those guys, all big names on there, and he thinking about me? Hmm. Like, what? So uh, you, you can tell is that uh, the people around you can confirm something that God wants to do something. And I think that's the beautiful thing, too, that sometimes we, we often miss, is that prayer, yes, I need to have my own rhythm and, and my own walk with God, but there's something powerful and beautiful when, when it becomes communal. Right, and it yes. wasn't just you, but it was like, all right, I'm bringing my core team around, and we're going to pray about this together. Mm-hmm. And do we all feel peace? And and you're you're hearing from the Lord together. And in our American culture, we have made it so individual. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and we really need to raise up the value of seeking the Holy Spirit together in community. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. I I do believe that. I when I pray for others um, together for the presence of God. I, I have a different, in, different story, testimonies that people willing to want more of the Holy Spirit. And uh, I remember one one guy, uh, just he keep telling us, I want more of the Holy Spirit, but that, I think that's not for me. And uh, maybe he told us about 10 guys more and <laughs> that we were praying for him and we were laughing with him and crying with him because he always wanted more. He wanted to have an encounter with the Holy Spirit. And um, so it happened one day and he, he say, uh, somebody was praying for people and say, you want more of the Holy Spirit? Uh, you start praying, whatever you are. And he went into the line. And the guy didn't pray for him. No. Right in the line, right back in the line, he was crying. And he was crying and speaking in tongues to have this encounter with God. And all the friends that were praying with him were worshiping God because he saw his heart. How do you know a person is full of the Holy Spirit? Mm-hmm. It's not because the person is speaking tongues. It's because his character is changed, and the fruit of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. is evident in his life. So mm-hmm. character changes. There's, yeah. a, there's a significant shift. Like you yeah. said it when you had that experience. Yeah. Your mind was like washed clean yep. and new. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and there's different... You live differently. Yep. Mm-hmm. You're longing for the things of God. Yeah. Uh, you're longing for other people in your life to know the things of God, and yeah. that that becomes your 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 whole focus. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. When you change, uh, definitely, when encounter with the Holy Spirit, your character change, and the people are going to see the fruit in you. Mm-hmm. So, how you know you are full of the Holy Spirit? Well, yeah, they can see the fruit, but you become a witness. Mm-hmm. Remember Acts one eight, the Holy Spirit going to come upon you. What is saying English? I know in Spanish, but say the Holy, el Espíritu Santo vendrá sobre ti y recibirás poder. The Holy Spirit come over you and you will receive power. Mm-hmm. And, the pa- y el, y el, y el, and you will be my witnesses. And you will be my witnesses. You, serán mis testigos. Well, when the Espíritu Santo, when the Holy Spirit come upon you, you will be my witness. Mm-hmm. See, the character of Jesus, the character of Jesus in you, and that you, you, it's like a, you don't want to, it's like a, I need to tell it to somebody. This yeah. somebody else need to know this. It's like a you test an ice cream that's so hot outside <laughs> and say, "Hey, try this ice cream. This is so good." I mean, you want other to to have this encounter with God. So, mm. so speak a little bit more on this. Maybe this is the last thing that we we hit on. But in West Michigan, again, the culture has seemed like we go to church. And then we go back to our lives. And that, that heartbeat, that, that impassioned, deep desire 
to be about outreach and about the other and to see the other. That seems to have been missing somehow. It needs a, a, a rethinking. It needs a, a, a pouring out of the Holy Spirit. I, I love that, that you, you will receive the Holy Spirit and you will receive his power and you'll be my witnesses. There's that receiving and then there's that sending. Mm-hmm. Can you speak to that a little bit more? Well, I, one of the things I notice in this area is uh, people, uh, is they go to church, which is fine. They're going to heaven. They're safe, okay? They're, they're safe. They're going to heaven. And we, you are going to see them. We're going to see them in heaven too. Great. But there is no a heart for the loss outside there. Maybe a few, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't want. I speak in generally. I, don't. Mm-hmm. I, I think uh, the people need to see the gospel f- again because the, the whole gospel is not about us. Mm-hmm. It's about them. Mm-hmm. It's about having an encounter with the Almighty. It's about mm-hmm. knowing God. It's mm-hmm. about making him know to others. It's like a, you know, when you speak about the a, a church and the Greek word for church is ecclesia. Ecclesia, the translates two, two words. It's a call to be out. Mm-hmm. Call to be out. Ecclesia, call to be out. This is like a, they were translating Jesus uh, speaking Aramaic or, you know, communicating. We've got to figure out where to go, a way to go in Greek to communicate. Is calling for us to a disciple is called to be out. Mm-hmm. The ecclesia called to be out. How can I figure out ways to do that? Mm-hmm. So in America, the Western mentality need to change. Mm-hmm. Right there in the uh, shifting mind shifting. Yeah. Right there. And I think about you know when Jesus was on Earth, and this isn't like a perfect representation of today because like, it was a much different culture, right? But Jesus, you know, I think the 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 Jewish people, like when you think about like the Pharisees and how they interacted with him and the law, they were very concerned about their own structure and their own thinking about who they were as a church and as Christians. And Jesus came and basically said like, none of this (laughs) is important in certain ways. And he, he, you know, he fulfilled the law in a certain way, but he spent his time with, you know, the Gentiles and he spent a lot of his ministry. Like he, he spent his ministry like reaching people that did not know Christ and he didn't really come and like come go to church every like he obviously did these things but that wasn't his heartbeat his heartbeat was for other people his heartbeat was discipleship right yeah and, and that's why that when we get to that that's why I mentioned the first point the, the, the mindset need to be changed because right there is when you start thinking about others and uh, is others means discipleship. Others mean spending time with other people that doesn't believe what you believe now. Mm-hmm. So you figure out, wait, how can I disciple this person? How can I disciple my neighbor? Ha! How can I disciple the kids in my neighborhood or the young guys in my neighborhood? So you start thinking differently. Say, okay, so that means that you, you change your mindset. And that is the problem mm-hmm. in the West Michigan. The mm-hmm. mindset is so oriented to be seeing Jesus, why blue-eyed Jesus? <laughs> it's not like that. <laughs> so, sorry about that. Yeah, it's <laughs> true, though. <laughs> uh, I'm wondering in closing, because God's put a big vision on your heart right now, yeah. and and I wonder if you could just share maybe the, the bigger overarching vision, what you're being called to right now in South America. Well, we are called to serve. Uh, um, I am serving now as the leader for uh, the Catalyst for Movement.org. 
and to Latin America. So movement.org. Movement yes, movement.org. And to Central America, the Caribbean, and, and South America. So we are we're talking about at least 33 countries that we're trying to reach now. So there's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. But the point is to figure out ways to uh, s spiritual and, uh, and socially flourishing the cities. That's the idea. Fl flourishing spiritually and socially in the cities of Latin America. That's the heart. So now we're working on that, how to do that, how to, to work on that. So we're going to, the key things are church planting, uh, creating jobs down there, mm -hmm. uh, empowering the local people to start their own business down there. Also uh, connecting with nonprofits that are serving the, the power of compassion down there and civic leaders like government leaders or nurses or police willing to change the city. The people are willing to transform the city. Now we're the, the shifting is happening, you know, just church planting, but how can we together transform the city? Yes. Mm -hmm. So that's the conversation. Mm -hmm. So just some practical things. I'm just going to lay this out, but 33 countries, not 33 neighborhoods, no. 33 countries. <laughs> yes. and, and you're talking big cities, like massive cities, yes. metropolises. Yes. So your work, again, it's centered on prayer. Yes. Mm -hmm. God lead me to those who are people of peace, Yes. who, who you're already stirring in their hearts, Help us connect, yep. and let's start drawing those people together mm -hmm. to start praying together, yep. to start thinking what what resources, what assets do we have to bring to bring healing to this community? Exactly. exactly. Right. There's nothing stopping us from doing the very same thing here at Providence. There you go. And in Holland and Zealand. There you in go. fact, right across the wall right now, uh, there's a group of 30 people meeting today uh, learning about asset-based community development. Awesome. What what assets do we have here? Yeah. And we're going to start stepping into some of those ways. And I just want to encourage us, those who are listening from Providence and Holland and Zealand area, uh, maybe our vision's too small just to impact Holland and Zealand. Mm -hmm. When we're hearing Jose's got a heart and a call to go impact 33 different countries. Exactly, and that takes a lot of uh, the collaboration because we're a platform that brings the leaders to the table and that has so many stories, guys, to tell you happening right now, mm. like uh, happening right now. In Chile, for example, just to give you one example, in Chile, they are the leaders of the the unity is not going to happen with the old, uh, with the old school mindset. Those guys told me that. I say we're going to honor them but the change is not going to happen through them. So what do you guys suggest? The team said, we suggested to empower the local youth leaders. How that's going to happen? Well, we found the right people on the table, and now we, August 7, we're going to have a meeting with them with 250 youth leaders in Chile, mm -hmm. and they're willing to come together to bring ideas how to transform the city together. Mm -hmm. so, uh, and and the, but in the same time they're honoring the old school because they passed their legacy to them. Beautiful. And they are doing that. I was like, oh, this is so cool. I mean, they want to do that and they want to honor the people, the other the other pastors that died because of COVID. Mm -hmm. So they want to honor the 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 you know the previous generations, the old you know the the 
the bishop or other leader, but also they want to change the city to get us a mm. new, new new wine in the in the city. So mm. beautiful. Amazing. <clears throat> so thank you so much for doing this with us. <laughs> I, I feel like I want to sort of try to wrap up a little bit what I'm taking away from this personally. And maybe this is maybe it's different from for many of you, but my takeaway is not that I need to go to South America or I need to go to a particular place or do this many things as much as it is that God is alive, God is moving, and he will use his people to do his work if we surrender to him. Yes. Mm. And that, you know, I think that's just the posture we need to take. And I'm going to say for myself, I don't know exactly what that is. You know, I can I can think of specific things in my life that I feel like God is pushing me into. Um, but it's just that heart of humility and saying, you know, I'm going to surrender before the Lord the things that I would like to do with my life and the things that I would like to do with my days and say, God, will you use me for your purposes? Yes. Um, a whole community doing that. And, and you started, Jose started with... It's all about the ministry of presence. Mm -hmm. We do it together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not this individual. I'm the Lone Ranger. I'm going to do it. And, right. But it's 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 growing more and more bodies like that. Discipleship, threes and fours, a group of ten, but with Scripture together, humbling ourselves. God teach us, and that's what we've been speaking a little bit more and more too. Mm -hmm. Be in God's Word. What does it say about God? What does it say about us as people? And what is your act of obedience out of this? Right. You, you picked up our Western culture. We're, we're very intellectual. Mm. We like a lot of information. Mm. We're not so good in the obedience and living mm. it out. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Would you mind <coughs> praying for us, Jose? I would love to. In fact, I, was, I wanted to tell you that I feel the presence of God right here. Mm. I kind of made me cry a little bit. You may cry. So, but you're planning so on, sorry. Lord willing... July 11, mm -hmm. joining us here for s Sunday worship and preaching at both services. I will. I will. Love let, it. Let, let's, let's take a moment of prayer. Mm -hmm. Father, thank you. <clears throat> I just feel your presence, Father, here. Just the fact that we're taking this time to talk about you and the, your Holy Spirit with us, Father. So thank you, Father. Holy Spirit. We worship you, too, mm. because you are leading us. Thank you because you are God, too. Thank you because you are a person with emotions. And we don't, don't want to make you sad, Holy Spirit. We know that you live in us. And we want you, Holy Spirit. Mm. We want you. And today we yes, make so. the decision to humble ourselves under your mighty hands. If you are listening to this right now, I want to encourage you to take a break, a moment. Take this moment. Yes. Do a prayer from your heart. Say, God, I humble myself in your mighty hand, Father. We humble ourselves into your presence Father, right now. Mm -hmm. And we pray that your Holy Spirit Father, renew us, cleanse our mind, Father, our hearts, Father, purify us, forgive our sins, Father. We repent of our sins today, Father. Mm. Every time we come closer to you, we feel 
that we are dirty, Father, because you are so holy. And we need your holiness in us, Father. We need your presence in us, Holy Spirit. We need you. We are your temples, and we need you more, Father. I pray for every member, Father, that providence of this city that is listening, Father. And I pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon every person listening right now. Holy Spirit, release your power. Yes, sir. Release your power. Power, Holy Spirit, in every believer, Father, yes, please show yourself, Father, for your honor, for your glory, Father. Answer those prayers according to your will, Father. I pray, Father, for those families that are praying for, for any healing. Release your healing power, Father. Yes. Holy Spirit, be real Unreal. right there, Father. We're trusting in you that you are our yes. God. You are the Almighty, Elohim Adonai. And we're worshiping you, Father. So we pray that you, Holy Spirit, lead us, Father. Lead us, Holy Spirit. We want you present more and more, Father. Yes. And that's we want to honor you. It's not about a religion, but a relationship with you. Yes. We want to grow in this intimacy with you, Father, and we worship you today. Thank you for this time together. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Father, that we can keep walking today with your presence and be real to us, Father. Oh, thank you, Father, for your peace and your presence. In Jesus' name, Father, we pray. Amen. 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 Wow. Well, thank you for being thank here with you. us today. Inspired. <laughs> Very good. We will uh, we'll see you guys in the next one. Take care. <laughs>